Welcome to the OmniTalk Ask an Expert series. I'm your host, Anne Mazenga, one of the founders of OmniTalk, the fast-growing blog in retail, where we talk all about the future of retail. Now, one of the hottest topics right now that we're coming across, artificial intelligence, computer vision, AICV for short. Now, one of the companies that's setting the pace with AICV when it comes to checkout free retail is Trigo. We first had Trigo on the show back in 2019 when Chris and I visited their lab in Tel Aviv. And today I am pleased to welcome Trigo back into the role now of expert and to introduce all of you to Yair Holzer, the Vice President of Business Development at Trigo. Yair, welcome to the show. You're live from your, your market where we were just a couple of years ago. How's it going? Hi, hi. Great. Good to be here. Uh, yeah, as you can see, it's not a virtual background. I mean, our, our real supermarket uh, where we where we test all our inventions before it's going to the public market. So good to be here. It's great to have you. Now, for those people who might not be familiar with Trigo, let's start with a little bit of background on who Trigo is and, and what, what Trigo does. Trigo, technology-driven uh, company, startup that is based in Israel. We have 120 employees, um, plus employees in offices in uh, London, across Europe, and now starting in the USA. Um, Trigo provides uh, computer vision technology um, to retrofit existing grocery stores to autonomous stores. Um, we're already working with uh, many leading retailers that we will uh, talk uh, soon, but uh, eventually the vision is to make stores to be smarter stores with uh, frictionless checkout and additional products to help improve the efficiencies of the operations of the store. And how long has Trigo been around for? So Trigo founded uh, more than three years ago uh, by Michael and Daniel Gabay, uh, backed by a very, very strong team of uh, computer vision experts and uh, AI uh, developers. Um, we have been around for that time, but actually, you know, the first stores went to the air uh, around last year. Uh, the first uh, project was this Tesco in, uh, in the UK. Uh, but uh, there, are more, there are more that we already published, like Reve in Germany and uh, more to come. Well, let's start there. Let's talk a little bit about, because last time our listeners heard from you, you guys were just getting into the project with Tesco. What's going on there? Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the, the background of the Tesco project. Tesco is a very, very uh, close and strategic partner for us. It's also uh, one of our uh, investors. And... We've been working very closely for around uh, two plus years. Um, at the moment, we have a fully operational uh, autonomy store with Tesco uh, in, in full production that is located near uh, Tesco HQ. Um, this is the trial store for, uh, for Tesco, where um, they are um, evaluating and validating all the different customer experience and cases uh, within, uh, with our technology, meaning um, it's not a, a lab. Uh, for that degree, it's an actual uh, public store that Tesco colleagues or selected the members or focus groups that Tesco selected are actually doing their grocery shopping over there and, and giving feedback and uh, measuring the system. And, uh, and it's part of, of course, uh, the overall project that we are doing with Tesco. And how big is that store a year? So, so that is a full... Uh, um, 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 Express Grocery Store, what they call Tesco Express. It's, uh, it's around 2,000 square foot uh, store. Um, it's, um, yes, um, 2,000 square feet uh, store. 
Um, and in Europe, unlike the USA, the, the big grocery retailers have uh, a few different formats. I mean, it's not a classic convenience store that's uh, focused on uh, tobacco and alcohol. It's a regular uh, a grocery with a full assortment from rice and cereal and dairy and frozen food and chilled food, uh, but also with some items to go, meaning like uh, a lunch deal or a lunch meal of a, a sandwich and a, and a beverage to, uh, to grab and to go during lunchtime, but also to do your, uh, your regular grocery shopping. It's a very popular format in Europe. Um, all the big European retailers have this format inside the urban, uh, urban and dense areas. Now, when I hear you explain all of those categories a year, my head's thinking, okay, you've got liquids, you've got lighting to deal with, you've got hot and cold scenarios to deal with. Tell us a little bit about what your approach was to that, that Tesco format and how, how things work there, if you would. Excellent question. And I think this is what um, differentiates Trigo from uh, most of the other uh, technology in our space. Um, if you look at Amazon, for example, uh, with their Amazon Go and Amazon Fresh uh, concepts uh, or the licensing concept, they're usually building the store from scratch based on the technology spec, based on, on, on what the camera needs. And we right. think uh, we think uh, we think uh, uh, in the opposite way. We um, provide a solution to solve existing problems. We are not limiting uh, the retailers. We are not taking apart um, product lines or different uh, assortment or cases or experiences. We are trying to solve um, the regular shopping shopper experience to keep the uh, journey intuitive and natural as possible, like it was before, by retrofitting uh, the store to be an autonomous store. So. In our motto, we want to solve everything. Uh, if we see a problem, we're not trying to avoid it. We're trying to solve it and to get to the bottom. Let's talk a little bit about some of those challenges maybe that you encountered. What did you learn, would you say, overall as a company from the Tesco experience? It's very fascinating because when you look at our space, you're trying to see if you want to be comparable to Amazon with their mm-hmm. Amazon Go and Amazon Fresh concept. But with Tesco, we learned that it's not it's not the path you should look like you should look at. Um, Amazon, um, an amazing online retailer, but a very very limited experience in the physical uh, space. Uh, Tesco, uh, a legendary uh, retailer um, with dozens of dozens of years of experience with around ten thousand stores uh, uh, around the world, uh, and they bring to the table um, a wisdom and experience of how to make a solution to become retail ready and scale ready. So um, sometimes when you are a startup, um, especially an Israeli-based uh, startup, you are trying to find all kinds of um, uh, shortcuts to get to the, to the result you want. But Tesco um, balanced that with, um, with, I would say, a traditional way uh, of an approach to that. Really set the bar high to have a very, very uh, accurate product uh, with a very high level of confidence in the technology before you can actually uh, roll it out. So sometimes it's, uh, it's challenging, but it's, it's make us much better. You deliberately chose to start your work and experimentation in Europe. Is it because of things like that, that attention to detail that, and, and attention to accuracy that, that uh, grocers like Tesco have? Or can you explain that a little bit more, yeah. like why you made that decision? It was a very, I would say, uh, hot topic to discuss early days here in Trigo. Um, sure. It's a very important decision to start there where, 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 where will be your first market? Usually, 
the intuitive um, approach will go to the U.S. and we are in touch with many U.S. retailers from from the day we founded the uh, Trigo. But when we look carefully and strategically about the, the market, uh, we realize a few more, a few things. Uh, first of all, the European uh, grocery retail groups are much bigger than the U.S. Uh, retailers. Um, in the U.S., um, let's take aside Kroger and Walmart uh, for their grocery uh, sales. Most of the uh, grocery retailers are regional, with uh, the big one are 200, 300, or 400 stores, while in Europe, we are working with groups of 7,000 stores, 9,000 stores, and, and, and that, is, that is the range of most of our customers at the moment. So that's, first of all, um, groups with many potential for scale. Second, um, the European retailers, unlike the U.S. grocers, have, as I mentioned before, the multi-format approach. Um, the technology, our technology, it's not a secret, um, is scaling uh, to a to bigger size uh, of, uh, of uh, grocery stores. Um, a, a few days ago, we had excellent news that Amazon opened a 25,000 uh, square feet uh, store, which is... Right. Um, which I was going to ask very, you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we, it's, it's, it's an important milestone for, uh, for our space. Uh, we know the technology will get there and we know how to do it. But you usually want to start with a smaller format of around 2,000 to 3,000 uh, uh, square feet uh, store. Um, so we had this chance uh, in Europe with, the, with these groups and not wait for the scale of 30 or 40,000 uh, square feet store. Um, above to that, uh, we realized that uh, for the European groups like Reve, that we have a very close partnership with and, and, and Tesco, had a um, very big division of technology innovation. Um, and, and Tesco and Reve are great examples for innovation that happened before most of the market for uh, e-commerce um, and online presence, omni-channel um, strategies. So. It's like working with a high-tech company that we are more uh, comfortable with, but inside the retail group. So um, all of these criteria gave us a good checkmark to start to work in Europe with these retailers, and uh, that was that was a very good decision. We haven't neglected um, the North American market all these uh, years. We, are, we, we kept uh, an ongoing relationship with many of the leading retailers. They, they were really interesting to, uh, to, to see what happened in Europe, to understand. From our trials and pilots, and, uh, and now we are uh, we are getting them. Clearly, you're having success. Um, Tesco is one of your investors. That is correct. Tesco participated in two of our rounds, and a few days ago, we also announced that uh, Reve uh, Reve Group uh, joined us as an investor. Um, it's a very uh, unique approach to uh, to make uh, one of your customers or partners to be your investors. We we build a foundation that there will be um, a separation uh, between them being an investor in computer vision technology to them being a customer to deploy autonomous stores. Um, but uh, I think it's, it shows that they understand where the market is going, they understand the, the power of computer vision to change the fundamental of how stores will be operated in the future. And uh, we are very happy to, uh, to have them as investors and not just uh, uh, as customers. Well, and clearly believers in Trigo's ability to uh, move this forward quickly. Um, I want to talk about Reva Group. This is a big deal. Yep. You, this is another project. So we first had um, the Tesco store at 2,000 feet, uh, square feet. And now we're going into Revit. Tell us a little bit about that store, what you learned from Tesco. Let's talk about that. First, I'll be happy to introduce Reva Group. Uh, I think most of your audience 
are not uh, very familiar with uh, with that group but it's a, it's a very big group in uh, in uh, in Europe um, around 9500 uh, stores across Europe uh, under a few different brands uh, in uh, mainly in Germany but also um, in Austria in Czech Republic uh, with a few different brands in a few different formats uh, they have the premium format and the and the and the supermarket format and and as I mentioned before, um, Reve has um, a, a very, I would say, I think leading strategy and execution for a digital innovation. Um, we found an amazing partner that's um, doing things internally. Um, they try to develop uh, a computer vision based source before they met Trigo. It's a bit of, a, as we know, a very complex challenge. So. Um, right. Uh, we partner with them, but um, they are doing amazing stuff over there. They have um, a great team of uh, innovators and uh, developers. Well, and yeah, I think that's one thing to point out um, when we were talking earlier about why you chose to go with uh, the European market first. You told me in a conversation previously that, you know, the innovation teams at the Reva Group and at Tesco, they're not, you know, a smaller division of innovation that's thinking about innovation across the whole store. These are, you know, hundreds and maybe even thousands of people working on innovation within the company. Is that kind of what you what you saw with this partnership with Reva Group that helped kind of move this forward at the pace? that you've been able to do? First, it helped them to be a first mover. Uh, right. In order to be a first mover and to bring new products to the market, you have to have this kind of philosophy. Um, a more traditional retailers will always have an innovation team, um, but it will be smaller and they will, they will not have usually the capacity and the budget to, to take too many risks. So right. now that we have Rev uh, as a public store, um, we are able to work with more traditional retailers that's new that someone else took the risk. But of course, the benefit of, of Reve is to be a first mover, is to get uh, more stores up and running faster than others. Uh, so I, I believe that the, the investment they are doing uh, are worthwhile and they are, and believe me, they are measuring ROI and everything. So they're not doing <laughs> that. They're not doing that for, uh, that's for fun. Uh, but it also helped us uh, to educate us, um, Trigo, um, how to scale and how to work in an agile and in a project management-centric approach with other retailers. Now, when we are work- going to other projects, we have a more, uh, I would say, fundamental playbooks on how to deploy a store, um, while Reve may be a bit, um, I would say, flexible with us. Um, with other retailers, we need to be more structured, and I believe this project also helped us to be more matured and, and, and know how to guide the project to deploy, the, to deploy an autonomous store. Let's dive a little bit more into Reva Group because I know people are going to be asking me, what are the differences between this store? What were, what were some of the new things that you had to accomplish? I know <laughs> privacy is a very big part of going into this particular market. Tell us some of those things, Jair, that, you, that were different from Tesco that you, you kind of had to learn as you went into this store concept. There are many, many fields to touch about uh, uh, comparison here and, uh, and growth of Trigo. But as you mentioned, yes, privacy is, um, is a very important issue in Germany. As one of our customers told us, if you made it in Germany, you will make it everywhere. <laughs> uh, and uh, and we work hard and closely with uh, with Reve and with our legal counsels um, to um, to uh, build the architecture of our solution to deliver the privacy by design approach and policy that we have um, to meet all the guidelines of uh, GDPR 
security, uh, privacy, data collection, etc. And, and, and how to deploy uh, our solution um, in this store, like in all of the other stores that we will, uh, that we will launch this year, um, we are adding more uh, solutions, more cases. Uh, I mean, for example, if you compare what we had with Testo to, uh, to the Revestor in Revestor, now we yeah. have IoT devices that we, that we integrated to, uh, meaning, for example, there's a, a premium coffee machine that the customer during his shopping can, uh, can buy an espresso or Americano. We are integrated via cloud API to this machine, know exactly what you are clicking on the, on the, on the device to, uh, to build you properly. Uh, same goes for a squeezed uh, orange juice machine. Uh, we also support their uh, service area, uh, meaning that if you want to take a, a tobacco um, item that have to be handed by a right. staff member, you don't need to pay for that separately. I mean, we are tracking what is being handed to you by an employee, and we know how to add it to your virtual shopping list and then bill you uh, correctly when you, uh, when you leave the store. Um, Which is, is a significant is, advancement, know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, you know, it's this started out as convenience store, recognizable items, packaging on shelf to get to that next level now of dispensing coffee in a medium cup, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, getting you know cigarettes mm-hmm. or you know alcohol or any of other items that you would need to you know check an ID for things like that. I mean, that's a pretty that took some work to get to that point. And especially I think as we have us retailers who are hearing this and who, you know, those are some of the first things that they are bringing up when it comes to doing this kind of, of technology in their store. Yeah. There there are so many examples. And and of course I'll be happy to host you in that store in a few more weeks. Um, There's frozen food over there, heated food, like, you know, um, like pastries, heated pastries that you can take. Um, chilled food, there's the, the, the glasses of the refrigerators. It, it, all of these are challenges that our team um, solves some already for Tesco, some as additional solution, but that, that will grow. I mean, in, in, in the future stores, we'll have, uh, we have uh, a few more cool uh, cases to, uh, to show to the world. And Yair, am I correct in, in assuming then that, you know, as this grows, the level of customization when you go into a new retailer becomes less and less. Is that the case? You're, the more that you're learning, the more that you're able to kind of go in and, and more quickly apply to a new retailer? Absolutely. On a functional level, on the, on the application level, well, every development that we're doing is a generic development. And then with any new retailer or a bigger store with more product lines, there will be some uh, customization. Uh, most of it will be customized to the customer, but will be developed in a generic way that we can uh, that we can uh, support the future stores with that. Yes. One other thing that I want to note about the Reva sites are the this hybrid model. Now, this is a big deal for for yes. a lot of uh, grocers ex- and and convenience store uh, operators in the U.S. Is what do we do about cash and how, what do we do about the customers that maybe aren't ready to go full in on this digital concept? I'm retrofitting my store. Talk me through this concept um, and what you learned through the Reva process uh, with that. The hybrid model is very important when you retrofit existing store. When you already have um, a group of regular customers that perhaps 80 or 90 percent of them will be adapters of the new technology, but some will uh, will want to remain on a uh, you know traditional self checkout or a cashier based solution to pay in cash or to I don't know. Um, not getting used yet to uh, uh, swipe a credit card over a, a gate or an app. Um, 
our system can can run in parallel uh, we are building the uh, the virtual uh, shopping list for the um, frictionless checkout uh, users while uh, other shoppers can choose to go on a regular uh, lane and then just use a, a, a regular POS. as I mentioned it's very important when you want to retrofit um, a large number of stores um, when you're um, fitting your technology for new stores it will usually be full autonomous because it makes okay. more sense when you're launching a new store as a retailer to just make it as a full autonomy store but um, a regular uh, grocer now can retrofit uh, the store to be autonomous but still have at least one or two terminals to serve uh, to serve as, as, as it used to be your ability to be able to you know help retailers who are just taking this on who are faced with this Amazon news that came out recently if they were to roll out stores with trigo they could start some fully autonomous stores while doing a hybrid model at the same time yes Fantastic. yes that is right yes. well you Yeah, you're, what's next for you in Europe? I mean, are you guys, I, mean, I got to hear what, what's on tap because you guys have yeah, been ahead yeah. of everybody. You were doing the Amazon hybrid test before Amazon was. You guys have had it in practice. What, what do we have to look forward to? At the moment, we are working with five of the top 10 global grocery retailers. Um, all of them will launch uh, stores in the next uh, few months uh, by the end of the year or early, early next year. Um, of course, Tesco and Reve is part of this fight, but the other three will, uh, uh, will go public in the, in the upcoming month. Um, we will be in the next few years in a massive expansion in Europe um, with these retailers, of course, but also um, expanding to, uh, to new countries. Uh, we are focusing now on expanding to the Nordic region and a few other uh, countries in the mainland and West, uh, and West Europe. Um, And we believe that uh, partnerships like Reve will lead us um, to, uh, to a massive growth in Europe. Uh, but we also uh, look at the, the UK, where we have our main uh, European office, uh, when we see that, uh, especially in greater London, um, the consumers are uh, very, very suited for this kind of a solution in terms of uh, their pace of life and their convenient uh, matters and consideration. Um, that is uh, a natural reason for Amazon also to select this, uh, this area as their first expansion outside of the USA right. with their four or five uh, Amazon stores. So there will be massive expansion uh, in Europe and uh, we're already working in another uh, continent with a very big uh, retailers and, uh, and we are back and fueled to, uh, to more expansions. So taking over one continent at a time, you guys are just expanding yeah. like crazy. I, I do yeah. want to call out for our listeners one reason why, Yair, we've chosen you as an, our expert on checkout free retail um, on Omnitalk and why we've been following your work so closely. And that is because you, you guys aren't just saying you're going to roll out 50,000 stores across you know, a continent, for example. You are actually putting it into practice and you have been very deliberate about scaling at, at an, I would say, an appropriate level for the technology to work. If you were talking to grocers right now, especially grocers in the U.S. as they're approaching this, what advice would you have for them? Or, or what kind of strategy would you say that they should start to be putting into place as they're kind of approaching checkout free in general? I, I would share with you the two main topics that's raised in our conversations uh, that we have uh, currently uh, with retailers specifically in the USA. First, um, they want to learn a lot about the value drivers of the, of the right. technology. Uh, and the value drivers are not simple as just 
um, you know, um, have uh, have cashless uh, checkout solutions. Right. Um, there, there, there are many. Uh, I mean, of course, you, you will op- a retailer will optimize labor costs uh, for more service-oriented tasks and we not need to deal with uh, a lot of um, uh, a replacement and new staffing and et cetera. But uh, there are many other value drivers that, uh, that we are spending many hours with each retailer to build his own model based on, based on what we see in our analysis. So there is, of course, a reduction of in-store shrinkage that uh, will be eliminated since we are able to control on every item uh, on the shelf in real time. Um, they will be able to save time on gap scanning uh, because we will be able to send them alerts of what to replenish and, and when uh, and different thresholds in a very smart and optimized way. So people will find their products 100% of the time, so not 93% of the time like it's happened today. Uh, we also, uh, by having our solution, they will increase their uh, sales uh, flow size. So they will have more room for new categories, new, more items, or maybe other um, um, innovation like uh, the lockers or other uh, different themes that you want to use the store uh, floor for that, but never had room for that. Um, and uh, of course, the, uh, the customer experience that will be much better uh, will convert more customers. Today, about 20% of visitors in stores are leaving the store without being converted into a shopper. First, we will know to track it for the for the grocer. They, they will have much more insight. But uh, by not having any line or queue, they will be they will be converted in a higher in a higher number. Um, that will attract first time visitor uh, uh, to a store, um, and also will of course increase loyalty to the brand, uh, frequency, um, much more personalized and targeted uh, marketing to increase uh, average spend. So that is uh, the main topic that we usually starting the process with a retailer about the value and uh, evaluating the ROI uh, for the system and uh, what and how it changed the fundamental of uh, store operation. The other topic, and I think he, this is uh, a, a key for, for, for this conversa- conversation, um, is what do we do until the, uh, the technology will be able to support a full-size 50,000 square feet uh, store? So, exactly. Um, um, we've been exploring a lot of different methods uh, with a few retailers and uh, that uh, will be able to speak about it soon. Um, um, and here where uh, technology analysis and business analysis are, are, are combined. Um, in their business strategy, uh, unlike, as we mentioned about the European retailers, they don't have smaller format. Uh, some of them ha- used to had uh, used to have C-store chains, uh, some sold sure. it. Uh, and the business was not was not productive for them, but they do they do see that there is uh, an emerge um, expectation for convenience uh, exactly. that there is a, a, a growing sales in a smaller format around their big stores. If it's uh, premium delis or all kind of Seven Eleven concept or DGX and etc. Um, and they and, and they want to uh, to help their customers in more in more ways. Um, and we are now talking about a few different concepts that you can refer to as a store in store or store by store. So they will have okay. like a, a big box a retailer will have um, a grab and go concept and a 5,000 square feet area that can be, you know, with two different entrances that, that can be with a door um, uh, between them. Um, the, the key here is really to find the right assortment to, uh, to make you top up in this, in this store, even if you're not going now to your 
weekly shopping. Maybe you're right. going to your uh, hair salon in the plaza and you want to top up instead of going to CVS or 7-Eleven, you will go to this grab-and-go area and maybe then convert it to a new visit because now you think, okay, now I'll do my, uh, I, will, I will shop for a few things and vice versa. After your uh, big visit and shopping uh, journey in the big box, maybe now you are tired to, do, uh, to cook tonight and you want to buy a few things um, on your way for, uh, to eat on the way or drink or have, uh, have it for the kids. So that is the key now, to find the assortment and, um, and, and exactly the experience of how you are entering and exiting this area uh, to, fit, to make it natural and intuitive. And, and, and those things are evolving. And it, it, it started by having a lot of curbside pickup shoppers that wanted right. to top up a few things they forgot to, uh, to, uh, to, to order, order but list. now it's yeah. evolving to a real concept and a format. It's really brilliant what you bring up to this idea of what are the new small formats that some of the, especially we're seeing U.S. grocers go into um, Lowe's Foods, a regional grocer here just started putting lockers in office buildings where they're dropping off groceries. And yes. I think we're going to start to see more of what you're talking about, you know, in transit hubs in, you know, even in the bottoms of, of, you know, condo buildings or something, if you have that ability mm-hmm. to take your format like this, have it, you know, be something that can run completely, you know, in an autonomous fashion and be in, you know, in a more convenient spot for me to be choosing you as my grocer over another grocer. Well, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, I, I think that's in the next year or two, there will be a lot of um, pilots around this kind of concept. And then, and that will be able to duplicate it to new outlets, even, uh, you know, a few miles from the regular grocery store in uh, different locations as they want to, uh, um, to, to, to grab. Uh, I'm, I, I, I asked one, uh, one, uh, one of my future uh, partners in the U.S., don't you afraid that you will cannibalize your own, uh, <laughs> your own sales? So he said, it's better to be me than my competitor. So um, they are looking exactly at these holes. And want to, uh, and now thanks to the fact that they have this kind of technology, that's their that's their um, operation cost will be lower uh, with less staff. They are able now to uh, to think about it clearly and and, and find a reason and a formula for the smaller uh, format. Um, again, um, that's a, that's a very solid business strategy uh, because they understand that they are doing it now for a potential a big new business for them, but also for scaling technology for the for the for their bigger stores. Yeah, your one thing that I we've been talking a lot about on AmiTalk is just what this new customer expectation is going to be. We've been shopping online and picking up curbside and completely avoiding the lines in the store altogether. Mm-hmm. When we go back into, you know, a physical shopping experience, I don't think that customers' tolerance for lines is going to be there anymore and I don't know that retailers are ready quite ready for this. What are your thoughts? Are you seeing similar things in Europe? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you, you can see it everywhere. And first of all, it's very common in, in different industries, not just in retail, for convergence of trends and, and experiences. Uh, mainly, if you're looking how um, the time that we are spending much more on online channels um, is, is increasing, while uh, the only place that is not Tremendously affected is the physical uh, retail stores, grocery retail stores. I mean, you can see right. the online growth in uh, most of the sectors, but in grocery retail, it's still, you know, usually it's still around 5% penetration in terms of uh, overall online uh, online sales for, based on, you know, a few studies that, that we know. But since you are 
spending so much time alone and you are expecting um, a similar experience when you are going into a store and not be stuck. 100%. You are, you are, you are expecting a frictionless experience. You're also expecting to be, um, to be familiar uh, more by the, uh, the party that's trying to sell to you. Uh, mm-hmm. While it's been tremendously optimized in the last 15 years on the online uh, side, uh, now there's a great opportunity to do the same on, uh, on the brick and mortar uh, at grocery store. Um, and you know, we're just seeing the start of it, but the insights we see on how customers reacting uh, based on feedback and service we're doing for this experience uh, and compare it, comparing it to the online experience that they have is, uh, is, is very amazing and, uh, and promising for us and for our customers. What have you done with some of that information, Yair? I mean, have, have retailers taken that and changed things about the concept? Like what kind of things are starting to emerge when you, as you start to see some of that information? So um, we are now, I think, in the phase of uh, optimizing uh, and doing A-B testing focus groups, um, serving uh, the users that we have in the stores that are already uh, up and running um, and, and understand what will be the perfect journey. Uh, sure. I mean, from a, an onboard perspective to check-in perspective, check-out perspective, whatever happened in the middle is like a magic because we keep the shopping experience exactly like it used to be and they are, <laughs> they are blown away from that. So now, and now we're trying to improve the last few percentage of making everything very, very smooth. I would like to maybe close on this question. And that mm-hmm. is, you know, if I were to go to Tesco or Reva Group or any of the new retailers that you're going to be working with as you span for total European domination of the checkout free market, um, if I were to ask them, you know, what they felt like the real differentiator was about working with Trigo um, versus maybe some others that they might have evaluated, what do you think that they would say to me? What's What really makes Trigo stand out in the market? First of all, um, the highest accuracy level in our space. Um, okay. And it's pure technology test. You know, it's very easy to, uh, to evaluate accuracy. Uh, and our accuracy is, is by far the highest in, uh, in our space based on our uh, customers and our uh, own internal uh, testing. And I think the second thing that you will hear that Trigo is delivering and solving problems. Trigo is not trying to uh, find uh, you know bypass ways or uh, or uh, all kind of uh, patch solutions. We are truly trying to solve everything in hundred um, percent um, uh, supportability in order to scale our solution. We're not doing it for one or two stores. What about the technology? Like as far as what you're using, what you can say. I know a lot of it is pri- proprietary. What would you say is differentiated about Trigo's approach versus uh, the market? Without getting into too, ma- too many details, uh, and we, will, uh, uh, we are now working on a presentable uh, uh, version of our uh, 22 patents. Uh, we, got the, we got the confirmation for the 22 patents that our team here invented in a way that we can, um, in a very uh, high confidence level and accuracy, build the real-time free model of the stores, classifying the products, um, uh, tracking uh, the shoppers in an anonymized way, but without losing them. And so there, there, there are big inventions here. Uh, um, world-class team of uh, inventors led by our CTO, uh, uh, Daniel. And in terms of the in-store uh, footprint, we are, of course, focusing on, on computer vision uh, and, and cameras. 
but we do have sensors fusion uh, into okay. uh, into our uh, sensor kit. We we realize um, that that is the only way to keep a very very high accuracy um, um, solution uh, with a very uh, fast uh, latency for time to reset up to a minute and not hours like uh, you can see in other uh, other pilot stores and uh, without being dependent on human and to be very scalable. Uh, so. Uh, uh, that is uh, that is after a few different you know uh, methods tested that is the way we we know to deliver the best solution yeah you're this has been a fascinating conversation i've learned so much from just the two examples that you gave the tesco and reva group we wish you continued success if people want to come and see these concepts hopefully they're traveling to europe soon and can come see them in person if they want to get in touch with trigo to learn more about how you can help them as they're starting to think through their strategy for checkout free how do they get in touch with you we would be happy to host uh, many people in our in our stores in europe now with only two public but there will be a few more very very soon um, they can get in touch with us uh, via our website, www.trigo.tech. Uh, they can get in touch uh, directly with me. We'll be happy to be in touch with many, many guys from the industry to show them what we do. Yair Holter, VP of Business Development for Trigo. Thanks for being with us today. And we're really looking forward to talking to you again. 